Um, so you guys are talking about, um, feeling like, like the accuser and then like the splitter, the Mm -hmm. divider. Right. And you were talking about being divided from community, but then also being fragmented within yourself. And, and so I, um, I was thinking about one of the ways that we talk about the gospel is reconciliation, right? Mm-hmm. And our our English word reconciliation is actually French, and it means to become friends again. But but in but in the Bible, the Greek word um, it means for two things that are far apart to move closer together and to actually not just to move together, but to stand in each other's spaces, like, like to, to stand in this, it's like you're in one of those, um, hand motioning is very helpful for a podcast. Emily's moving her hands. You know, a house house that has like a secret room. And so the fireplace like switches, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. And then there's, and so reconciliation is like, you're in these rooms that are divided. And as you get closer together, you actually trade places so that you're standing in each other's spot spaces. So sort of like Freaky and, Friday. <clears throat> kind of like empathy. It and also so sounds like empathy. That, that's why I was coming back to it because, because yeah. the Bible mm-hmm. tells us that God has given us a ministry of reconciliation. And reconciliation does not mean everyone just forgets about it and whatever. It means that you come together in a way where you stand in each other's place. And and, and so you're you're pulled back together, right? And you're pulled back together in a way that that is that that intertwines you, that makes you in the same thing. And so we're reconciled to God where he comes and stands in our space. And then yeah. we're reconciled to ourselves, right? We're made whole. And then we're reconciled to each other. And so and so a, a true spirit and ministry of reconciliation is not just like, okay, everything's fine, but it's that we stand in each other's places. We we walk in their shoes. We see what they see from from where they see it. Are we're with them, right? The whole idea of like empathy being yeah. a problem tells me that you don't understand the gospel because the gospel is we're far away from God, and so He comes He comes to us when we're not capable of coming to Him. And he mm. removes the barriers and he stands in our place mm-hmm. and he makes us united with him. And then he gives us the, the call to do that with others. And we mm. are not going to be able to do that if we're not capable of standing in their place. Yeah. Emily, gosh, as I hear you talk, I'm like, mm. well, number one, I love you. <laughs> I love you all. Seriously, the way your brain works is amazing and beautiful. And also I'm thinking you're like, there's this propheticness to what you do and you're Bruno. I would love to live. I mean, I'm in my closet currently. By <laughs> when I was a little kid, I had a day bed and I would get, to, and I had a trundle bed and I would pull mm-hmm. the trundle bed out just slightly. And then I would mm-hmm. get it in between my bed and the wall. I would make a space yeah. just big enough for my body between the trundle bed and the wall. And I would lay there. I would lay in that little space between the bed and the wall and like make myself like a little cave, like in my bedroom. Cause I also have the things like, I just say everything that I think. And like, sometimes I forget that other people have feelings. And so I receive that. Um, I'm, I'm fine to be Bruno here. You know what I think is fascinating. So Kat and I kind of talked about this where I was like, I miss 
that feeling of being comfortable from a long time ago. Like I used to feel like super comfortable in charge. Yeah. Kat was saying that she couldn't relate as much to that, but that Colby Mm -hmm. probably could for a long time. Mm -hmm. Colby was like, this is my home. That feels super comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, Although I would say we probably had our fair share of people pleasing. And I think is something really interesting is that Colby, you were maturing in your faith and as a person. And it meant that you weren't as comfortable. Hmm. And Kat all along had this like, I'm not sure. And for us to like lean into the that people that are feeling this that discomfort is really an interesting, an interesting thing. Um, that's where we learn what's going wrong. And oh my goodness, okay, the bridge metaphor was so wonderful. Truly. I've been thinking about it for nine months. And then the sunflower thing too. I had a friend who was like, oh my gosh, the sunflower thing that's blowing my mind. And so I Googled it and this study from 2014 from the University of Virginia came up and I didn't just say like, okay, that's it. I read the whole study, like just to make sure. (laughs) Of course you did. I just think it's such a beautiful example too of one of the things that, you know, maybe it's not beautiful, but it's a real eye-opening thing to learn about the gospel from different people with different hard experiences. And, you know, I had a friend mentioned the other day, I've only ever been in white led churches. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking back to like, even reading that prophetic lament book, like that, Mm -hmm. like exposition on a book of the Bible written by a person of color. Mm -hmm. And what is brought to teaching the gospel when it is brought by somebody with a different life experience. But when somebody has had to persevere through something that you have never had to experience, like, like I don't have to worry about my, my skin color being a threat to somebody, but some people like they're very being the thing they cannot get away from it. They can't turn it off. Emily has something to say. Let's just jump back to the Encanto metaphor, shall we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lumen and Miranda talked about, um, we don't talk about Bruno and how like he really wrote it to mimic like a time in a Broadway play when the chorus all kind of has their moment, right? Mm. And they're all doing something together. And so it feels, it has that cadence and that like sort of chaos Mm. of everybody singing different rhythms and different melodies and different words all at the same time of that Broadway chorus. And so first of all, it's just catchy, but we don't talk about Bruno resonates because all of these different people have this little picture right Mm -hmm. and they and they Mm -hmm. think like this is what it is and and when they're all singing together at once then we have kind of a mirabelle has to have everyone's input right because some people are right about some things and Mm -hmm. some people aren't and like Dolores's voice is the quietest, but she knows the most stuff. Yes. And, She's like, I've heard him. Like, yeah. yeah. And so, and so there's, so she goes and she talks to all the people because she knows this person is going to see this. This person yeah. is going to see this. So she keeps going to all the people. Right. Yeah. And, mm. and we have, even in the, even in like the very beginning of the song, like mm-hmm. you're already seeing that like Peppa is is not seeing what her yeah. husband is seeing. 
he has a clearer view of what happened there even before Bruno comes and explains than she does. Yeah, and, that's right. And at the end and, he goes, that's what I've always been saying, right? There's- right. And, <laughs> yeah. and so, and so there's this, there's a sort of cacophony mm-hmm. in, and we don't talk about Bruno, but what mm-hmm. Mirabelle walks away from it with is I have got to figure this out. Mm-hmm. I have to put these pieces together to see the picture and even when she puts together the pieces right and she sees it like that's still not the whole story because because we see through a glass darkly right and so the thing of we don't talk about bruno is that we need everyone's voices partially so that we can see that we actually can't see everything and so the depth and, and the mosaic of that perspective actually tells us like oh i have a limited view and also we together have a limited view and the thing that we're looking at is actually so much bigger and more complicated i'm gonna go off on a tangent but whatever do you know about that like cosmologists say that there actually has to be like 10 dimensions of space and time for the laws of physics to work do you know this mathematically mm-hmm. so <laughs> emily we will never be able to keep like oh you, you for sure can so so here's what happens like the laws of like gravity and the how atoms mm-hmm. like the nuclear forces right um and relativity mathematically they cancel each other out in four dimensions of time and space like three dimensions of space and one dimension of time but if we make it 10 dimensions then the math works What's this mean? So I'm going to tell you. Just going to land the plane. So God created a universe that exists in at least six dimensions that we can't even observe. Hmm. That's how far beyond our understanding the creation is. And so how much bigger and more mysterious than that is the one who made it. So if we're going to say like, I have all of the information that I need to understand everything about God. Like you can't even access the majority of the created universe with your brain and your thing. Right. So we need each other. Like we need perspectives of people with different experiences. We need perspectives of different Like we need literature and art and math and science and all of these things to have a full picture of being human and of what creation looks like and theology. Yeah, to image and, God. All of these things image a part of God. And so yeah. for us to say like, actually, we've got it figured out is not just ridiculous from a theological standpoint, but like math laughs at that. And and math is the first language of God, right? It's his declaring the glory of God in the stars in the sky, right? And so we don't have to know all of these things, but we have to be able to hear everyone's cacophony at the same time. Now a part of the choir is missing. And, and that each of them is integral to the story yeah. and to the picture and, and to, the, to the symphony. And that where, I think where we get in trouble is we say, this is all that it is. Mm. And anything that's over here 
yeah. is a threat to this because yeah. this is what it is. Right. The two things can be true at the same time, right? Like we believe in a God who is three in one at the same time. We believe in a God who is human and God at the same time, right? Like we live in a kingdom that is here and not yet here at the same time. Like we should be comfortable with more yeah. than one thing being true. It doesn't make this thing less true. Mm-hmm. And Right. And Ooh. and the the <laughs> biblical narrative is all of these voices, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's mm-hmm. super unusual for the ancient world to have like included in their national history are people who are outside of them. The other ancient peoples aren't having like other people come and write parts of their history and be main mm-hmm. characters in their in their national story, yeah. right? Yeah. There's women's voices, there's slaves' voices, there's enemies' voices. He purposefully included all of these different perspectives. And because he wanted us to see that, we need each other to see. And, And telling a specific story helps us see the bigger story better. A, a specific story actually gives us a, a bigger picture of, of all of us. Kat and Colby telling their specific story that people relate to that because they're telling the story of being human, right? Mm-hmm. They're and telling, so, and it's somebody, somebody well, hearing their story in the Wilkins story. Yes. Yeah. So like, how is that so much like my story? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How is it, that even possible? Yeah. I just, it, one of the, cool things about the podcast is I did have like one person who's on Twitter who I know on Twitter, but then like started Marco Poloing because he's like, yeah, when I listen to your story, like it They're like BFFs sounded now. like my story. Yeah. And they talk every day and it's really sweet. I love this. I just, That's I love fun. the community that can yeah. come. Well, and what you're saying, Emily, too, like yeah. it's just to see all these multifaceted Mm-hmm. right like it's very much revelation like it's the picture that we get in the end of oh, the bible yes. and it's also mm-hmm. beauty beauty is multifaceted and mm-hmm. so that brings me back to wade mullen when he said abuse is an assault on beauty right where the very act of abuse is an assault on the multiple voices and mm-hmm. colors and perspectives mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. It, it's just so not do you guys see that diane langberg talks about how she needs to like do things to reorient herself to beauty mm-hmm. because of all the trauma mm-hmm. work that she has mm-hmm. she does with people that's amazing well like spending like- time with her grandchildren mm-hmm. and gardening mm-hmm. and yes yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and I like became a makeup artist and I was like, this is so random. I don't even know why I'm doing this. And then I was like, oh, that's why I'm doing it. Like it's this creative outlet. that's like yeah. super fun and weird. And I never, I was like embarrassed to admit that I was a makeup artist, mm-hmm. but to just go, I'm cultivating beauty. Yeah. Not that makeup makes people beautiful because every face is beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that we get to just have fun with. Mm-hmm. You're an artist. Like, yeah. that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, a fun it's thing really... to do. Mm-hmm. And well, didn't Curtis Chang say that too about singing? Like, taking, mm-hmm. yeah, we got like in heaven, mm-hmm. if we're going to be singing, we should be gone forever. And I can't carry a tune. Maybe yeah. singing lessons is helpful. My and husband loved that. that. He loved, loved that. It. Emily called that out too. Mm-hmm. You know, that yes, Curtis, that is so awesome. I loved it. Yeah. How do you do that, Emily? What? Yeah. And Amy, um, I love like how how do you guys 
What is my active like? Yeah, and it might not be intentional, but you might look back and go, "Oh, maybe." I mean, mine probably is just to know as many things as I can. Uh, (laughs) Yep, that's it. I mean, like, I I mean, I read a book about cosmology and astrophysics, and like, I say, like, that book made me love God and think that like God is beautiful and the universe is like, like normal people will like stand at the Grand Canyon and be like this is beautiful and amazing. God is amazing. I have a panic attack at the Grand Canyon. So, um, but yeah, so I read this book and like the, the math of it, like, like that was me, like seeing that God is beautiful or, um, and then, yeah, just, I mean, stories, like I, there's not a lot that I like better than a well-told story. Um, so, you know, like watching comic book movies with my kids and talking about like, why is this person good and this person bad? Like what makes, you know, what make, what makes Captain America right here? What makes this person think that they're right? Like how, how do you know if they're right or wrong? Um, like having those conversations, like I could talk to a preschooler for hours about stories and I could like teach a college seminar about stories, like in either one, like I'm happy, but yeah, no, I just like a a well-crafted narrative arc. I'm here for that. Well, I I had to ask Nathan at one point in my life, like, what is the thing? What is my thing? What do I enjoy? What am I good at? (laughs) What has God made me to do? Right. Good at it. You don't have to be good at it. Editing. You just have to enjoy it. Okay, the thing that really makes me more happy than anything in the mm-hmm. entire world. That's what we want. Is connecting people. Mm. And to things in each other and like mm. what they need. Like I have this resource that I know of or I have this, I know this church and I know this person. Like you get yeah. to know each other. Like, And that, you know, God can use like this podcast to do that. Mm. The fact that powerful people want us to be quiet Hmm. and not only are we not being quiet we got a little microphone here since april a year ago like 90,000 90,000 downloads 30 some episodes i don't know how many different people sure but all over the world amazing you know we were like we're not gonna be quiet I'm like, I'm I'm not going to be quiet. I'm going to say the thing for the world. Yeah. Well, and Wade Mullen, he's like the superstar that like of our, the superstar that's not here. Um, Because he talks about those moments when you anticipate or right when you're experiencing the abusive behavior and you're supposed to think about what's my instinctual action here. And then Mm -hmm. let me do the opposite of it. Yeah. What we're doing in speaking is counter instinctual, the opposite of that instinct to be afraid and to be quiet and to be powerless and to be silent. And so it's subversive. One question I kind of wanted to ask both of you is like, what's something you realized or learned about yourself through this recording this podcast and Amy that for you could be either the season with us or just since the beginning like what's something you learned about yourself I think I'm more brave than I thought I was Mm. I love that 
Mm. You also have an amazing podcast host voice. You do. Thank it's you. true. It's very Thank soothing. You. Seriously. It's like so got a lot of comments on that. Amazing. Actually. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, Amy, Amy is so great. She's I totally know why you trust her with this. Like mm. people say that to us. Yeah. Do you know <laughs> what I said when I first started listening, which was, I think the first episode, Amy? Yeah. Um, I said it, it's like anti-gaslighting. I remember the it's first like, comment from a stranger on my podcast. Wow. So I had to call out Emily, like in the next episode, but Emily oh. Snook called it. But that, I mean, that's what it felt like to me. It was just like this, like gentle affirmation of no, you're not crazy. Like, and, and part of it was the words, but I think a lot of it was just like Amy's like, yes, like her Amy-ness coming through her voice. Mm-hmm. Well, but you bring so much. It's like the super, that's that superpower of being able to pause someone talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Superpower. I'm going to freeze time and I'm going to say. Yeah. yeah. You do have this great ability to kind of zoom. You're in, you're in it. Like you're not zoomed out all the time. You're in it because you're being impacted by our words and what we're saying is going on. I don't know if I have an answer to that question. Um, It'll be a bonus episode I, down the road. I heard myself being a lot softer than I thought. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I tend towards like, I don't care what you think. This is what's right. Yeah. Um, and I heard hmm. myself being kind of gentle and that was surprising to me. I heard that. Um, I knew that too, yeah. Emily. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. But yeah, I, that, that is, that is my counter instinctual thing. Um, and isn't that crazy? God using soft Emily too. Yeah. And he's also used angry Emily yeah, Hulk Emily has a role to play. In Hulk. Yeah, y'all don't even know. <laughs> oh man, I hope I see her come out at some point. Just not against me. That's my hope. 